Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm going to post this on the sixth day of October 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this at the Dutch Goose, a great hamburger, uh, steamed clams, sort of barbecue, beer, college kind of hangout spot in Menlo Park, California, the home of, who's from Menlo Park, California? I think, I think this is where Barry Bonds lives now. I could be wrong. Anyway, it's a fun place. Uh, I've, I came here because I wanted to watch the, the Red Sox play the Indians, and I'm doing that. And I wanted to do it in a place where I was surrounded by people. And I'm doing that too. So what better way to communicate with people and to have a real connection with other human beings than to sit down alone in a booth, talking into a microphone, recording a podcast. That's what I'm doing. Pal Sully's had a wild, crazy day, and I wasn't able to do the preview of the first uh, Division Series game. But man alive, boy, was that not what I was expecting to happen with the Blue Jays just demolishing the Cole Hamels and the Texas Rangers. I did not see that coming. Uh, I don't know if you saw that coming, but uh, Estrada was fantastic. Uh, Tulowitzki and Donaldson just absolutely bombs away. And, you know, my pick to win the World Series, the Texas Rangers, uh, was absolutely got the snot kicked out of them at home. And all of a sudden, Toronto has home field advantage. And one of the things that made me feel that Texas had such a big advantage was I thought Cole Hamels, who had a, had a wonderful year, uh, was going to be in no cinch. No, no big deal. And, uh, wow, that wasn't the case. <clears throat> and now, all of a sudden, the Texas Rangers have to, are in a serious situation where they have to win on the road. They have to go to Toronto and win a game there. Otherwise, boom, my World Series pick, done. Done, done, done. Meanwhile, I'll tell you where I am right now with the Red Sox Indians. Right now, it's top five, and Cleveland has a 4-2 lead. Uh, now, I, I was listening to the first few innings uh, on the radio. Now, intellectually, I understand that this is being played that the Red Sox are the road team. So I'm listening to it, and I don't know who's wearing what uniforms or what. And I come into the Dutch Goose, and immediately I see a home run hit, and the team that's wearing white is doing it against the team that has a dark blue top. Now, I consider dark blue tops, I associate those with the Indians, and the white uniforms I associate with the Red Sox, and I pump my fist as if to say, yeah, home run Red Sox. And then I realize, no. That was home run Indians. And I thought, oh, and there was a guy over there sitting in the Dutch who's wearing a Red Sox hat and jacket and looked at me as if to say, you're rooting for the Indians? I said, no, no, I'm Sully. I'm your pal Sully. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm a Red Sox fan. Just watch HBO. I'm on it. So, and I saw the Red Sox and Porcello 
cough up three home runs to make what was a two to one lead a four to two Cleveland lead. Uh, you know, so we're here. Bauer is one of those super unpredictable pitchers. Sometimes he can start off a game shaky. I mean, Terry Francona said this, that sometimes he can start off a game shaky and then knuckle down. And other times he can start off dominant, and then the next thing you know, he gets tattooed in one inning. So what I'm hoping is is that the Red Sox find it in their hearts to tie this game up while I sit here in the Dutch goose in Menlo Park. Through four innings, Porcello, who struck out five in four innings, but he's up three home runs. Oh, Sandy Leone, drive, deep, go, go, home run! Now we see where the Red Sox fans are. I just gave a thumbs up. Sandy Leone homered. It's four to three. There's hope for us. There's hope. All right, I'm going to pause this, and hopefully when I come back, the Red Sox will have the lead. Okay, right, it's still the top of the fifth inning, but i got to tell you something. The reason why I love Terry Francona is this, and I think a big difference between Terry Francona and Buck Showalter is as following. It's 4-3, it's the fifth inning, and he has a reliever warming up. Do you know what reliever he has warming up? Andrew Miller. He has his best reliever. The best reliever on his team is warming up in the fifth inning. And the reason is is Terry Francona recognizes that this is a game that if the Indians can win, that it would mean a lot for how this series lines up. And if the Red Sox are going to rally, he's best to stymie this rally as soon as possible. And that might mean the key point in the game would be in the middle of the game instead of the ending. You see... Terry Francona, who's been here before, done that, is not a victim of the tyranny of the save. He understands in the postseason you don't manage normally because it's not a normal situation. Now, this is not even an elimination game, but he realizes, all right, we need to win this game. And if that means using a reliever before you expect to, then so be it. I like that about Francona. I like him not just because he managed the Red Sox to the 2004 and 2007 World Series title, but he's willing. Oh, look at this. He's coming out. He's calling for his best reliever here in the fifth. The starting pitcher is not going to qualify for the win. He gave a nice pat on the back. There is no tyranny of the save in Cleveland. All right, it's the bottom of the fifth. There's two outs. The bases are loaded. The Red Sox lead is... Wait a minute. It was, it's 5-3. They've already let up a run. So the Red Sox have Pomerantz up there. And who the hell is up there? I think it's Lonnie Chisenhall. And this could be the game. The Indians could bust it open right now. And Pomerantz throws a ball. Or... The Red Sox can, you know, keep it a game or it could be over. I don't know. And we're going to see with Chisholm Hall, who is, uh, has a grand slam in his career. I don't know, against Pomerantz. He hits a pop-up, and it's going to go foul. So, you know, I kind of sort of want to see the Red Sox do well this year. And this is a key moment. And he struck him out.
All right. We played five. Indians are up by two. We'll see what happens. All right. So we just finished the sixth inning. And I'm at the Dutch Goose. And I am found the guy who gave me a look when I mistakenly cheered for an Indians home run, thinking it was a Red Sox home run. And, and we have, I, have, I have extended my, my hand to say that I am a Red Sox fan. This is Bill. Bill from Massachusetts, right? Absolutely. I wasn't, I wasn't happy when you started cheering. I was afraid I was going to have to stand up and we were going to get into it. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm Sully. I'm, 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 I'm a Red Sox fan. Now I understand. It was, it was sheer ignorance on my part. It was sheer ignorance on my part. As I said, <laughs> I intellectually saw a dark blue jersey thought Cleveland light jersey thought Red Sox absolutely and then it's like wait a minute how are we living in a world where the Red Sox are wearing dark blue jerseys those those softball uniforms on a playoff game it, it is a little confusing actually I'm not happy with it but you know what as long as we get the victory I'm doing all right that's right they can wear they can go back I'm trying to think it would be the like the, the worst uh, they could wear the uh, um, What's the worst uniform of all time? Oh wow! In baseball, uh, oh I think I think the Chicago White Sox were just said socks yes. across it, and they had like the number on their thigh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's going. That's that's. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty horrific. By the way, speaking of horrific, we're here in the Bay Area, so they're showing the 49er game. The 49ers' new uniforms are so bad, I didn't even know they were the 49ers. Yeah, I'm not sure what the black is about. It, it's a little disconcerting, really. Well, either way, it is. Uh, we played six. Um, Drew Pomerantz threw a 1-2-3 inning, and Terry Francona has gone to the Andrew Miller uh, well very early in the game. Uh, the anti-show Walter going for his relievers early instead of letting them chew bubble gum and read comic books in the bullpen all game. So we are, what are you thinking? I mean, we're down by two. We're only down by two. We've got three more innings. Uh, I think we're doing all right because they're going to have to get uh, Miller out of there probably in the next inning. And then we've got another inning before we get to their closer. I think we're in good shape. All right, well, let's says what we need is a bloop and a blast here in the seventh inning. They're showing hot dogs racing in Cleveland, like you do. And um, we're here at the Dutch Goose. And hopefully, I'm here with Bill from Massachusetts. Found a fellow uh, native, New are you a native of New England? Absolutely. Born and raised in Massachusetts. Uh, born in Connecticut, did most of my growing up in Massachusetts. And uh, diehard Red Sox fan my whole life. And we're here. Last time I was recording, Sandy Leon hit a home run. Well, in that case, keep recording. So, yeah, here we go. <laughs> would, it, would it kill Andrew Miller to have a, like, a terrible inning? Like, Familia of the Mets had a great season, and he wet the bed in that inning last night yeah. against San Francisco. So, would it kill Miller to have the kind of inning where like, oh, who would have expected him to let up eight runs in one inning? Well, this is his third inning out there in the first game. Oh. oh. Yeah, his third inning. He doesn't look weak. Sandy Leon just swung and missed, and I felt the breeze here in Menlo Park from a swing that was done in Cleveland. All right, so I'm going to keep this on till the end of the Sandy Leon at bat because of superstition and... Oh, no, 
the, the, like yeah, yeah, the strike zone's been bizarre. There was a called third strike on Hanley Ramirez, which was, uh, shall we be kind and say questionable? Questionable is a very kind statement. Andrew Miller, remember the 2013 Red Sox? No. Oh, Sandy no, no, Leon. Sandy Leon. He's got to get on his horse. Swung at a ball that was, I don't know where it was, but it certainly was in the strike zone. All right, I'm going to turn the recorder off here. The pitch count is 37 pitches for Andrew Miller. We're in the seventh. It's 5 3 Cleveland. All right, there is hope. There is hope for the Red Sox because Andrew Miller came in and he's being taken out of the game. Now, this is where I talk about there is no tyranny of the save in Cleveland. The middle innings were taken care of by Andrew Miller. But here we are. They're going to bring out a reliever who's not as good as Andrew Miller. And let's hope, 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 hope they can get a rally going here. What do you think, Bill? Absolutely. I can't believe they're pulling Miller, but I'm so very happy they are. You and me both. I don't know who this is coming in. Who's this coming in? Who's Joe uh, Shaw? Isn't that the name of the grocery stores they have in Massachusetts? I think it is. Yeah. And if they have Star warming up and then Stop and Shop also getting loose, then we're in deep trouble. You know, it's time to Stop and Shop. I don't know if you know that. If they have Caldors and Bradleys and Zare all warming up, too. I'm going to throw as many Massachusetts stores as I can. I'm a little concerned if A&P gets off out of, you know, the... Well, all I know is uh, 1-800-51-GIANT-GLASS is warming up there. We're all in trouble now. There you go. It's the eighth inning, and i got to uh, respond to something from my Twitter followers here. Uh, I've been mentioning on Twitter about the tyranny of the save, and how Francona is not a victim of the tyranny of the save because he's using his best relief pitcher in a non-save situation. And uh, at Fry Morn, who is one of my most frequent retweeters wrote from what I understand from your podcast uh, I listen every day the tyranny of the the tyranny of the save is using the same guy even if he's not the best uh, I guess in a way that's correct it's using the same person who's a save compiler but I think the tyranny of the save also includes the fact that we saw it yesterday in the Orioles Toronto game that it includes the idea that you only use your best pitcher if the game is on the line in a safe situation. Instead of using like what they should have done yesterday in the Baltimore, or two days ago in the Baltimore-Toronto game. So I guess the tyranny of the save is multi, multi-faceted. It includes only using the save compiler in the end, even if it's not the best. And also, if you have a, a difference-making reliever, only using them in a safe situation. The logic of the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast is like an onion. It has many layers. Let's get back to the game. Okay, I'm going to put this on record. I'm here. Bill from Massachusetts is here as my witness. This is not a second guess, right? Absolutely. I do not believe in removing your best power hitter from the game. I know he was winded. They just lifted David Ortiz for a pinch runner, Marco Hernandez. No offense to Marco Hernandez, but he's not David Ortiz at the plate. And this is to try to score the tying run and send the game into the ninth or maybe extra innings, which mean when Ortiz's spot comes up again, you are going to have someone other than David Ortiz at a critical point. I'm not a fan of lifting for a pinch runner, even though he was huffing and puffing 
and I don't believe a triple would score him from second base. But that being said, I am not a fan of lifting as a pinch runner at this point. Hanley Ramirez, please make it a moot point with a home run. Pretend it's Dellen Betances. Make us happy. Make us not even have his... Oh, boy. I'm not... Okay, folks. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. And the guy is taking one of those panoramic shots with his iPhone. And I'm going to turn this off because, uh, as you can probably hear from my voice, your pal Sully's a little nervous. I don't agree with a pinch running call. I don't. That's just... I, I want to call it here. That's the purpose of these kind of podcasts is that you I make the prediction beforehand. It ain't second guessing. And I'm about to uh, I don't know, smash my face into this table. Alright. Xander struck swung at everything in creation and now the Red Sox are down by one and if Ortiz's spot comes up we'll have Marco Hernandez. Folks Bill from Massachusetts is next to me crying. Um, and um, I may join him. All right. The Reds. Swing the ball, please. Allen has yet to throw a strike this inning, yet has two strikeouts. It's amazing how that happens. Every ball he threw was outside or in the dirt. And we have Benatendi up right now, and that's it. He drives. Oh, he got a hit. Single. single Look at that. Here comes the Look at that. This is it. Well, I'm capturing. I don't know if it's the greatest rally in the history of the postseason. <laughs> I think that this is going to be one of those. Do you remember where you were and what you were doing? Am I wrong, Bill, from Massachusetts? Absolutely not. This is the start. Right here. All right. Here we go. Ben Attendee has homered and singled. We he just turned over the lineup. That's right. That means Ortiz will be coming. Oh, wait. Oh. All right, Pedroia. Pedroia, if he homers here, like that day in Anaheim when he hit the two-out grand slam, all of New England is going to... This is the Pedroia game. Everyone's swinging at balls that are balls. Cody Allen has thrown exactly one strike, and Andrew Benatendi hit into right field for a hit. How about not... How about... Take three pitches. You'll be 3-0 and because that's what he's doing. Pedroia, look it. You already have two World Series rings, but this will be the home run that you will be remembered for. I'm calling it right now. Pedroia homer. You heard it here first. Here it goes. Allen, up, kick, deliver, and high. Look at it. Did you see what he did? It was a pitch that was outside the strike zone, and he didn't swing at it. I, I, I almost don't understand how that works. I don't understand. Wait, what's going on? What's I know. Going you're on? supposed to take a wild hack at that. Oh, my God. The Red Sox have the bases loaded and nobody out because Allen hasn't thought a strike yet. He's on 34 pitches, allegedly 22 of them for strikes, but only because... He keeps swinging right. Oh, my God. Another pitch in the dirt. And he swung. He has not thrown a strike to Pedroia, and yet is one and two. But that's just going to make this home run more dramatic. Absolutely. Yeah, every pitch Cody Allen has thrown, you listening to here, whoever's listening to this podcast right now, chances are has thrown more pitches in the strike zone tonight 
than Cody Allen has, and yet he's about to strike out the damn side because the Red Sox are swinging the bat like they have a fishing net. I don't know if that analogy made sense, and I'm a little wound up. It's been a weird day. All right, Pedroia, two out, two strike homer. Oh, okay, here we go. Pedroia, and oh, he fouled it off. Fouled it off. Not sure I can take this. You know, as a Red Sox fan, I've been waiting since 2013 to see another World Series. I mean, I'm not a machine. Well, it's just to wait a whole presidential term for a World Series? What do you, what do you think, I'm, I'm made of iron? All right, Pedroia. Here it comes, here it comes. Pedroia's going to homer right here. I've been calling this whole time, and, ooh, again, he did not swing at a pitch that was outside the strike zone. Brock Holt, Mookie Betts, and hey, Marco Hernandez could come up in a big situation. If I were them, I would just walk the next two batters and say, take my chances with Marco. Marco. One person will understand when I say Marco. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm calling the Pedroia homer. You're here, listen to me, for the Pedroia homer. The Pedroia homer is... Did he go? We got a gift. Full count. Makes it more dramatic. Benetende is going to be running. So a double could tie the game. Yes. But that won't matter because Pedroia is hitting one. Straight out of the park. Straight out of the ballpark. No, he didn't go. He didn't go. Everyone stop. Everyone relax. He didn't go. And that's why at this moment here on the, what is it, the sixth day? Yes. Sixth day of October is the day of the Pedroia homer. Here it comes, and drive deep into the stands foul. But still, any other park, any, any other park, that line drive into the stands behind first base would be gone. If he broke his bat, so he's getting the one that says Savoy Special, not the one that says Wonder Boy. That's right. I, dro I didn't just drop a Wonder Boy reference. I dropped the name of the bat that the Bat Boy made and gave it to him. The Savoy Special. I have no idea what that name means. And I love that we don't know. It Nobody meant knows. something to that kid. Nobody knows. By the way, the name of the kid who played the Bat Boy in The Natural? Paul Sullivan Jr. Was not me. It was not me. Okay. Enough. I'm calling it. There's a lightning bolt. The spirit of Pedroia's father is instilled in him. Dun, da, 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 da. He's got hit into the light towers. It's going to explode. Da, 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 da. This is really great that we're all witnessing this moment right now of Pedroia. This is the Pedroia Homer right now. It's going to happen. It's been delayed. But here we go. He's going to hit it out. And swing and a miss. And that's the ball game. Swung on a ball in the dirt. The Red Sox lost the game. Pedroia's angry. Everyone's angry. The dramatic ending that I wanted has turned into everyone angry about a swing. To quote Voltaire, that sucks. I'm going to go home and cry now.
Why did we do this? Are they going to review this? What the hell is going on? So I sat here thinking I was going to get the Pedroia homer. I got the Pedroia check swing. How could it be any further from the natural? Roy Hobbs check swing. Imagine you watch that whole movie. You watch the whole movie. And uh, the, the he gets shot. He strikes out the whammer. Hits the cover off the ball. Glenn Close stamps up. Hits it through the clock. And he comes in. The lightning bolt strikes. And Roy Hobb check swings. Check swing to end the game. Well, hey, Bill from Massachusetts. It was a pleasure. Thank you, sir. And, and uh, check out the Solid Baseball Daily Podcast. And for those of you out there, Go to MLBReports.com to check out the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball. Go to SullyBaseball.com. You can listen to me on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski from the Dutch Goose in Menlo Park. At a disappointing day of baseball, this has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the sixth day of October 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, Bill from Massachusetts. You know what people can call me? Sully. Darn right. Thank you.